us to think about several things. One is towards the end of the reading this morning. In verse 15. But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The constant reminder of who we are and the task that has been given to us in striving to be faithful to God. Reminder that the church is spiritual, made up of individual members, but also reminded that in this individual members we have obligations and responsibilities, and that there is a need for us to always be concerned. One is to be aware of the spiritual nature of the church, but also to understand that that spiritual nature also includes taking care of physical needs as they arise. James reminds us in the first book, the first chapter, in verse 27, but pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. One of the jobs is, again, to be concerned about those in the physical world and to take care of their needs as they do arise. We're being asked to look out from among ourselves and to select men or to put forth men that we feel will meet the qualifications that were read this morning so that they may be appointed to the work of the Lord in taking care of various needs as will be assigned to them. Oftentimes, we are reminded or thought about the appointing of the seven men in Acts chapter 6 as being deacons. But in essence, they're not the deacons that are described in 1 Timothy 3. These had different quali- uh, similar qualifications, but had a difference as well, and that many of them were given the miraculous gifts as they were appointed to take care of a specific need of taking care of the, the widows in the congregation. There is no separating the physical from the spiritual. And that's always the case if they include both. But there is responsibilities and obligations given to the elders, one who proclaims, one who teaches. And there are obligations and responsibility given given to those who would serve in various capacities, taking care of various needs that are along the way. Most of these are not specified within the scriptures. Many of the needs that we would have today to have a person assigned to take care of were not there in the first century. They did not have the buildings. 
They did not have the PA systems and a host of other things that needed to be taken care of. But there are things that need to be done, and there's a need to reach out and to select some men to fill that category. We are reminded that there are various functions given within this body of Christ. Paul, as he was writing to the Ephesians, and in, excuse me, in chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, That we're to come to a, then 11, he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And also in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27, where he gives the members of the body each having different functions and purposes, but they're all working together for the common cause of being the light in the world of which we, we appear as lights in the world in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. To see the needs that are there, physically, spiritually, and strive to meet them. But it's in particularly in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, that we also are reminded that each member has a function, none is greater than the other. They all have a purpose, and simply because one is not serving in one capacity does not mean that they are not important, that they're not necessary, and that they do not have a part in the body of Christ for the glorifying of Christ here on this earth. The eye cannot say he has no need of the ear, or one cannot say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not a part of the body. We're all a part of the body. There's different functions that are given, different purposes are there for us to reach out and to do the things that indeed would be pleasing to God. The word deacon basically just has a simple meaning of being a minister or of a servant found in Romans 13 and verse 4, also in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 6, where the word is minister there, but it also just simply means servant. Found in also John 12, 26, being a servant. And in a few places, 1 Timothy 3, 8 and 12, as well as in Philippians 1 and verse 1, it's used in a more specific sense of the designation of a man being chosen to serve in a particular function within the church. But again, in essence, the word simply means servant, minister, which we all would be in one way or another. But there's a work to be done. And the deacons who serve well obtain a, for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith. Again, the work is not specified as we might want it to be. 
You sign a man to take care of the cleaning of the building. You sign a man to take care of whatever else that may be out there. The specific jobs are not given. But there is work that can be assigned and needs to be assigned. Again, goes back to the members of the body. No one person is expected to do it, do it all. And it is easier when the work is shared. And it is easier when the work is specified as to one who is over it, as we would use that term, one who has that responsibility in that particular area. We all can do the jobs that need to be done. We're all encouraged to do that along the way. You see trash in the pews, pick it up. See candy on the floor, pick it up. Not encouraging to go under the pews and scrape the gum off. It ought not to be there in the first place. But whatever it is, there's some things that we can do. But there is a sense that also where they need to have one who has that responsibility to see that it is done. If somewhere down the line, they have everybody's job, but if nobody takes care of it, then who, who's going to do it? And so there's work that is to be done, and there is a work for the deacons. Paul salutes them there, and again, Philippians 1.1. 1, 1. Qualifications there is in our reading this morning out of 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13. And again from Acts 6, a little bit of the reference there to James 1, 27. A lot of that work is of the physical nature, but even in the physical nature, there's a spiritual application. It's not just the physical work. It's the work of the body of Christ. And James says this is pure an undefiled religion in the sight of God. You take care of the physical needs of those of the body of Christ. Take care of the physical responsibilities that need to be taken care of. And it's a serious enough work that the Holy Spirit guided Paul and given specific qualifications and duties, if you will, to those that would fit or serve in this capacity along the way. Again, as you look at the qualifications, be it for the deacon, you look at the qualifications given for an elder, you will find that most of them, almost all of them, but most of them have application to an individual Christian. Is it only the deacon that is to be grave or reverent? Is that not a obligation of each one of us as a child of God in the life that we, did, that we live? All these are saying here are individuals that are growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here are men who are committing themselves to the service of God. Here are men who are wanting to be that servant of which Jesus set the example. 
coming not to be served, but coming to serve. The willingness to realize that whatever task is assigned is not a menial task. It's not an insignificant task. Take time to look at John 13. And Jesus taking the towel, girding himself, and then washing the feet of the disciples. The human perspective says that that job of washing the feet of the guests who came into the house from the dusty ground outside was a job that was normally given to the lowest of servants. There would be different designations for the servants, those who take care of the house, those who take care of the finances. But this job was normally given to the lowliest of all. And if Jesus could humble himself without a word and to do that job, how can we call any task that we're asked to do to be menial? That that's a low task. Somebody else could do that. I'm above that. It's not a one of us that is above the Lord. And again, he set the example for us to follow in his steps. And again, if we're not assigned that task or not assigned that position of serving as a deacon, does not mean that we do not serve. Others can serve in other capacities. And others can help along the way as it is necessary. Holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. That's the task, the obligation that the deacon has. It's also what the elder has. And is it not what a Christian is to have as well? Is there one of us as a child of God that can excuse himself from holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. All it says is you commit it to the Lord. You commit it to recognizing whose body this is. It's not our body collectively. So that we have individual responsibilities for this body. The body is Christ. It belongs to him. And we, again from 1 Corinthians 12, we're just simply members of this body. And yes, there are different functions in there, and yes, even in the human body, some members of the body have more importance than, than others. But it also says even the unseemly members will have greater glory for the jobs that they do as well. To do the job with the purity of heart along the way. I've used the illustration, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, since I don't take the newspaper, I don't get the educational section of the newspaper, commonly called the comics. And I do remember the one was Snoopy and, and Charlie Brown. And Snoopy is out jogging. And the members of the body are talking to one another. And the feet who are hitting the pavement are complaining that they're hurting. And the only reason that they're out there is because of the stomach. If the stomach wasn't as large as it was, the feet wouldn't have to be jogging. 
then all the members begin to chime in about, well, they're tired of that too and all and so forth, and they want to quit. And they talked about that for a while, and then the heart said, listen, body, if I quit, we all quit. And the feet says, keep on jogging. We're all members of one body. And yes, there are positions that seem to be elevated to a degree, but they're still part of that one body. And those members who serve a job that seems insignificant are just as important as any other member of that body. Because Christ died for each member. Christ shed his blood for each member. And we allow ourselves with the physical eye, we allow ourselves from the human perspective or the, the mind, the human reasoning, to forget that at times. And to realize the necessity, as again, as Paul is writing, there's a work to be done. There is to be that cooperation. There is to be the order that God has given to it. To do it with a pure conscience. To be proved or tested first. In verse 10, to be found blameless. See, blameless belongs to deacons, belongs to elders, but it also belongs to members. Sometimes we may use that word blameless to want to excuse or dismiss one or another, but it belongs to all of us. We're all to be blameless, and that is through the submission of each life to the will of God. We're blameless in His eyes through the blood. We're imperfect and we fall short. But as we surrender to the will of God, that's where that blamelessness is able to come in. They're to be shown themselves to be servants, which all of us are to work for, to be dependable, to be trustworthy. And out of Acts 6 and verse 3, those who have a good reputation. Again, as an individual Christian, can we be of the character that says, I don't want a good reputation? All of us as children of God are to strive towards this. Again, there's a specific need being assigned, being addressed here, a specific qualification being given, the husband of one wife, ruling the children in the house well, having them under control, Again, not being double-tongued, not saying one thing out to one person and something else to another person. But again, that's for any Christian. Being at, be, being at, be at meeting the need of a qualification for a deacon, be at the need of meeting a qualification for an elder, is saying that this is what Christians are striving for. 
Where do deacons come from? From among the congregation. Where do elders come from? From among the congregation. Where do servants come from? From among the congregation. So these are qualities that we're to be striving for as a Christian. Again, for the women, you're not going to be the husband of one wife. I understand that. But there are qualities that are there that we're to be concerned about. But all it is saying is that as God's people, as God's people, we're wanting to be more God-like. We're wanting to develop that fruit of the Spirit. And the word there is used in the singular to, de to describe all of those qualities of the fruit of the Spirit. We're all to be doing that. We're all to be striving to do that. But again, specifically, there's a job for the deacons. And you are being asked as members of the congregation to look out from among yourselves. You're being asked to consider the men of this congregation. You're being asked to pray about the matter. We can draw some quick conclusions, but it's not to be done quickly. If you haven't done it, I'd encourage you to write down on a sheet of paper the name of every man in the congregation. Then I would encourage you to pray about each man in the congregation. Say, oh, no, they couldn't serve. No, no, they couldn't serve. No, that one couldn't serve. Let's just go for this one or that one. No. There's a number that could not serve, yes. But there's not a man in this congregation that does not need your prayers. And there's not a woman in this congregation that does not need your prayers. Not just collectively, but individually. But in this case, do it with the, the men. And think about the qualities. I have 1 Timothy 3 before you. And look at each man and what the scriptures say. Pray about it. And it's, then submit your name. Talk to the men. Submit your name for them to be considered. It's not to be taken lightly. We're about the task of being servants of God who holds us accountable for what he's given to us. May we use it wisely. May we be seriously aware of what it is that, of who we are in this body of Christ and to do those things pleasing 
indeed in his sight. God has blessed us. God has been merciful to us. God watches over us, tends to our various needs. Yet so many times, we're only a step away from really doing what God would want from us as an individual. Look at your life, look at your heart. Is it where God would have you to be? If it's not, we'd want to encourage you to make a change. Encourage you, if you need the prayers of the brothers and sisters in Christ, to be able to do that. If we could help you at this time, indeed we bid you to come, as together we stand and sing.